went to bed, woke up at 2 a.m., drenched in sweat. Like, so so much so that I was like, did I piss myself? As a, <laughs> like, literally, I was like, yeah, have I Did I piss continent? all over my whole body? <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 345 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the Game Dev Comedy Podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the webs programmer. I'm Sam, and I have a headache. Oh, no. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is January 9th, 2022. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show and adult topics. Yep. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Who knows? Business, <laughs> that I guess. reminds me. I was watching, business is an adult topic. I was watching some show on Netflix and like the, the warning pop, pops up on the top left corner where it's like, here's all the things that are bad, right? And I found that I was just looking at that list and found it very amusing because because of what's in there. You know, it was like it was like language and then like violence and then like <laughs> something about like gore or something like these. And then, and then the last one was smoking, right? And I was mm-hmm. looking at that collection of things, and there's also sex in there too. It really the same like, quality of thing, yeah. They don't. Right? It doesn't feel right that those are all put together. Together is like here's the things to worry about is yeah, gore and smoking or they're kind gore of far apart, apart. You know, it's I mean, I, I was I watched the the Watchmen show on HBO. So oh, it was good. Good. when they ask who watches the Watchmen, you were like, I, I did, so me, I did, I did, graphic. I did definitely probably uh, probably like a million other people watched it too. That's true. I'm I pretty sure kind of answers itself at this. Point. A lot of people watched the Watchmen, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was really struck by. Uh, so, like, Dr. Manhattan is a character in Watchmen, and one of the, the characteristics of this individual is that he essentially became, like, an all, sort of like an all-powerful being, Yeah, you know? He's a nuclear he can, god. Yeah, he can, like, teleport and, like, reassemble, like, clone himself and, like, create life. I mean, he's just a god, basically. And upon becoming a god, he immediately stopped giving his shit about pretty much anything. Yep. You know? Even close, uh, isn't he just like butt naked? Even close, naked. and yeah. so he's so he just kind of floats around naked a lot of the time, and it's like an old guy at the gym sort of a situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is true because he's you know he's like immortal, right? Yep. So yep. Like he's, he's always yeah, he's old. old. Um, and I thought it was interesting how even like my my own personal reaction to this because like you know you you see his you see his ding dong, mm-hmm. yep, numerous times. And uh, my reaction to that was still weirdly shocked, even though I'm seeing like murder yep. and heads exploding yep. and like just all kinds of stuff that's truly horrible. Yep. And the most and shocking then, thing is, is the dawn <laughs> like, floating oh, in the wind. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, and really, it, yeah, it's just a matter of like, we've all decided that you don't show that, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what it actually means to see it, which is nothing. Which is nothing. Um, nothing at all. But we're very comfortable with showing just, just like life-ending, horrifying, gruesome violence uh, happening, and we we put that at a lower level when it comes to like ratings boards and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, this is a rated R movie because of the genocide, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, but we got a nipple in there, so, so <laughs> got a dick. We got, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's like, and it's, it was just, it, it bothered me how it bothered me how I have been enculturated to be bothered by that. Mm. I know, right? Yeah, there, there are things like that, like these institutionalized kinds of things that you feel, you suddenly realize you're doing and that they make no sense and they're maladaptive. You yeah, know? like I was so and mad. I'm like, like, why I did you don't... all make me do this out in the yeah, world? I'm like, you know? I don't care if some dudes walk, flo- f- uh, some godlike a blue, blue figure, Smurf dong goes flapping in the breeze. Yeah. Come on, I don't, it means it means nothing to me intellectually, but I've been conditioned to have an emotional mm-hmm. reaction to it. And oh man, why did they do that to me? Anyways, <laughs> it's the same thing with food taboos and stuff, right? Like, like when I was first introduced to foods that weren't just like. Midwestern, like white Midwestern foods, and uh, yeah, and my first so like meat, my meat and a meat and a potato, yeah. <laughs> and my gut, like my immediate reaction to seeing these things, like a fish with the head still on it as a dish or you know, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. was like gross, you know, and like in like basically, basically uh-huh. a, a grotesque like fear response, right, to the to to those things, and that's that's one of those items that I like I I'm glad I'm very happy with my past self. For recognizing that very early and being like, mm. well, but 
it's like so many people, huge numbers of people don't think this is gross, right? So that that's fake. If you can Me thinking this is gross is just, there's like, there's no reason for that. Like, why is that, right? And then yeah. trying to like actively go try new foods and like flirt with that taboo to try to get rid of it over time. Um, yeah. But like, I'm just lucky that my past self decided to do that because mm. I could just as easily have kept on going gross. Yeah. And that's true yep. for all this stuff. Like all this stuff that we're, that we're trained to think is, is just objectively bad or in some way. It's just what you're, it's just what you're used to. It's yeah. literally all that it is. Uh, and, and you, and you did like such a, like a strong emotional reaction. As soon as you see something that just barely drifts outside of, you know, of that comfort zone. Yep. So anyway, you know, something to work on this year, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also before we get into the, into the, the, the potato of the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we want to thank our, Recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thanks for letting us grab your money. Okay. Always, always got to thank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be grateful. All right. Now, last episode, we talked about 2022. This year, 2022, we have to kick off this year with a, a bang. We got to frame this year in a way that's going to guide us through, uh, I guess, the, this next wave of the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also all the... Th- and and also all the things that we want to achieve in spite of the you know the the evidence that you know this year's probably going to be pretty hard mm-hmm. for a lot of people right yep. so so uh we came up with a big list of ideas for what this year was going to be called in the previous episode and then we put out the call for our uh for our listeners to send in their responses to if they have ideas or which ones that they that they liked Okay, so I'm gonna go down uh, the list of some of the votes and suggestions and stuff like that. Okay, so uh, first we have from Discord, we have some some suggestions. What we got and votes. Okay, uh, so Solving Non says uh, 2020U is their top. Okay, mm-hmm. which that was we liked that one because 2020U is like you could either say like it's all about you this time, meaning Really focus on yourself, you know, mm-hmm. or it's not about you. Meaning, really think about the world around you and the people around mm-hmm. you and how you fit, you know, uh, and 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 about the team that you're on or whatever it is, right? Or maybe both of those things because those are both actually pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we also have Hakuzo uh, for twenty renew and twenty pew pew. Uh, Tim conceivable twenty plenty two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I like twenty. 20- 20 plenty, mm-hmm. uh, as in it's going to be a bountiful year. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we got a lot of was COVID. Yes. I, th- I think this out. is when we were like plenty of it's, what though? It's still a little vague, you know? It's the, it's the monkey's paw, yep. you know? You're going to have a lot of some, yep. something. <laughs> I think is I already know what it want? is, in is fact. Is it the thing you want? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, BS, this is more like 20 plenty three, you know? Three. Because this yeah. is the third year now of mm, yeah that's mm-hmm. uh, we've also got from BSM Productions twenty Bentley crew drive a Bentley with your friends a little product placement Ooh. we can maybe get a sponsorship <laughs> from that uh, get a little uh, bit is, of, is mm-hmm. a Bentley I don't know cars is, is Bentley a a make or a model could be it I don't know <laughs> is it a rich person car I feel like it's a rich person it's car. a rich person it car might. for sure it's it's like oh my god they drive a Bentley speaking it's like of that's mm. oh, good. I feel like a BMW is like is like your sort of like upper but still like approachable richness class sort of mm-hmm. car, and then I feel like a Bentley is actually like, it's a great above just, that. It's like just rich people stuff. It's like no, no, rich, no. If, right? Isn't that no, no? You got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. Okay. Sorry. Listen, I drove so, Ford Focus with four doors for so there's ten years, there's so, t- there's know. tiers of rich people culture. Okay. Yeah. Can you drink so? Them? So you're familiar with you're familiar with Gucci, <laughs> nice, right? Thanks, Adam. I'm familiar with it in that I know it exists. <laughs> All right, so there's there's two categories of products that Gucci makes. Okay. Mm. One is the expensive stuff that has their logo all over it. Right. It's like a thousand dollar handbag, Gucci, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the handbag that's twenty thousand dollars that doesn't have the logo on it. So you have to you have to be in the know. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And and if you're rich enough, you will know when you see that bag it's, that it's it a called? Gucci bag. It's inconspicuous consumption, right? Where it's like if you yeah. if you're in the class of people that is aware that these things exist, then you see then each you're other elite. And you're like right. I know you. Yeah. And so so if you got you know if you're driving around a BMW, right? That's that like look. I have one of these, right? Yes. Right. But if you're if you're truly one of the you know the point one percent, you have a garage full of BMWs that you will never drive, <laughs> right? And you will never show anyone because that's just for you, you know. Because <laughs> now it's, and you'll it's ha- and now it's hidden so much that somebody just knows that you would have them. And that's you how, just seem like the person who would yeah, have. That's that. how they're now part of your rich enough club. Is that they and, just know? Yeah. And whatever you drive around doesn't matter to you, you know, because nothing matters to you because you just have so much money. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's the, that's the, the true highest level mm. of, of wealthy consumption is not even caring, but still having so many things that it, nobody could possibly imagine. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, 20 Bentley crew, that's a proposed year day. Yeah. I think uh, the thing is though- that's not a thing you should strive for because being obscenely rich requires oppression. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Your so money came from somewhere else. <laughs> but I mean, I still, you still want to be rich enough to, you know, buy a Bentley. I don't think there's like, that's, that's you know, that's fine. We're not talking, oh, yeah, no, about, like, we're not talking about Elon Musk here. No, no, like, you know, don't, but you don't need a garage full of Bentleys. <laughs> no, you, you don't. Know what I mean? yes. Like, that's, that's yeah, not but a thing. Because yeah. again, the, and the only way to get that wealthy is by taking money from other people. It's the only. It's, well, it's not only that, but like the CFA in me says, don't tie up all your money in rapidly depreciating oh, yeah, that's, assets that's like absurd. a bunch of cars. Don't. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just a bad. Although, move, aren't some of those know? cars collectors items though too? Because like in that I think tier, they can turn. Yeah, they can turn into those. Because there's like five to, of them. Yeah, whatever. that's where they actually start costing. They're basically art pieces. They're, NF- they're, NFTs. they're NFTs. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a single item that, like, you, you know, you it might go up in value. It's a, it's just a beanie baby, really, yeah, at that point, baby. right? Yep. You don't you don't know because you don't know what's going to be a collector's item fifty years from now. You don't know what's going to you know. So you're just going to buy a bunch of random. Like, just if you if you don't pretend like it's an investment. You know, yep. buy buy some stock, buy some index funds, buy some bonds. Like, if you really want to get a return, just do the thing that doesn't require you to hire a maintenance crew to keep the engine mm-hmm. tuned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think st- striving for that is. Yeah, it's kind of like te- tethering your your success to your ability to display your success. Yeah, right. If you're passionate about cars and that's what you love, then hell yeah. But okay, if you think worry. that that yeah, if you think that that car is going to like give you respect, I don't nah, know about that. It will, but do that. you want those people's respect from from yeah maybe you know from I mean? certain areas? Uh, uh, we have a, a proposal from Carl who says 2022. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Which I you know I like that one. Yeah, it's that's- just like. Let's kind of like putting yourself out there. You know, it's like I think that I th- I think my only beef with this one is that there's a second read for me of it, which is you know the situations where you like it's real shit and you're like, let's let's just see what we can do. You know what I mean? <laughs> which is also let's see what we still can do. Not you know bad. It's true. You know, yeah. It's, it's still not, but a bad. it's sort of like a that's a tough one. Yeah, you know? it's not feel like a tough so spot. aspirational. I guess. Yeah, with that mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now the final batch comes from Biggie Baba Boop. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, who also voted for twenty twenty U from from our list. Mm-hmm. But Biggie Baba Boop has some additional suggestions. Okay. Yes, twenty follow through. Oh. You know, you got to just like stick you know, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stick to good. it. Yeah, uh, twenty tiramisu make something complicated and beautiful. Nice. You know, also delicious. Uh, I like fucking good. Yeah, I like the beautiful part. Complicated. Well, I like keeping it simple. Yeah, simple is good. Yeah, you know, that's just me. Uh, 2020 crew, be a team. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 20 woohoo, celebrate victories as they come. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which I feel like is something that we will definitely need this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 2020.edu. Learn stuff. <laughs> learn stuff. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Just learn stuff. Yep. Uh, which, uh-huh. which you should, definitely should be doing, you know, all the time for sure. Um, uh, 2020 imbue, put soul into your work. Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, and last couple, 2020 in queue. Get things ready in order and in order. In queue. I feel like there's also a lot of lines for tests for COVID. Uh, so yeah, 2020, get, get in line. <laughs> <laughs> get in line. It's not your turn yet. 2022. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and last, 2020 debut, which is you know probably for the debut of Crashlands 2. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah. 2020 Crashlands 2 maybe would be another, uh-huh. uh, another option. So it should actually happen this year, right? I guess it depends on what the biz, depends the business partnerships biz. look like. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm I'm definitely feeling 2020 you. I think mm. I think it's the one. Uh-huh. Uh I love all these suggestions. I think ultimately we can wrap them all up in this idea of of either Either it's all about you, take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or it's not about you and just like, just be okay with that. You're not yeah. the main character, you know? Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> what we need here is this, this is something that's been, I've been paying attention to and getting annoyed by recently, which is mm-hmm. people talking about American individualism, right? Mm-hmm. And what yeah, they're, so it's a bit of a the problem thing that they're talking about, <laughs> the, the thing they're talking about is a bad thing, which is actually, but, but to me, the, the thing that I think is interesting is this idea of individualism, right? Because it's presented basically in opposition of like of collectivism, right? Mm-hmm. As in like focusing on the group. And I think both of those are wrong because what you need is to focus on individual people, right? Because what we talk about is individualism is just self, yes. it's selfism, right? It's not like, it's not about individuals. It's about mm-hmm. you as the main character of the whole world, right? Versus individualism, where you actually just treat people as separate individuals, individual yeah. people who've got their own stuff going on. You're not trying to, to force people. them to be mm-hmm. a certain thing, right? You're not assuming that they are a certain thing. You're not assuming that everyone's experiences are the same, you know, all that stuff. It's focusing on the actual individual. And I think that's what 2020U is all about. It's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a person, you know? Like, there's all this stuff. And so is everybody else. So is yeah. There's all this stuff that you've been told your whole life, like, this is how it is. This is how you're supposed to be, right? This is the right way to be or to do things, right? All that's made up. It's all made up. You're a person. You're an individual person. You got your own shit going on. And whatever you that shit is. You have your own experiences. You have your own goals and it's, passions. Yeah, it's, you know? it's who you are. Uh, and other people, same thing. So be an individual. Help other people be the individual that they actually yeah. are. You know? In 2022, you know, you got to accept yourself. And yeah. you also have to accept others. Other and selves. We always talk, like, when we were growing up, people always talked about tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that shit? I hate, I hate the concept Remember so that much, shit? You know? Tolerance. It's you it's need like, to be tolerant. You put up shit. Put up with it. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> you need to be tolerant. Is so bad. Yeah, it's just like yeah, you we know you hate this. Just put up with it though. That's put up with it way. though. You know, put like, up with those people you hate. It's fine that you hate it and you hate them. Everything that they stand for. <laughs> but just but just, just just put it up. Just put up with it. Just tolerate it. Yeah. It's like no acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like embrace embrace the the people around you and the things that they love. And also understand who you are and the things that you love to do and what mm-hmm. makes you happy, you know? Pursue those things and help help other people go after those things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, yeah. a, it's especially a hard thing to do when you can't literally embrace people because there's a global pandemic, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, complicated and things. So, and so maybe that's all the more reason to focus on it this year. Um, 2020 you, 2020, 2020 you, it's mm. just, it's about you. Take the nuance. It's about all view, of us. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> 2020 you take the nuanced view. Uh, okay. I think we've got it. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Also, I've been watching a lot of queer eye. Mm, I haven't watched and, uh, man, that latest season. Did to pull good. every tear out of your whole, oh. everything. Oh no! Just, I f- I feel like they went into the hornet's nest though because they're in Texas, right? Oh yeah, geez. and it's like, yep. and the thing Which, about like just like metropolitan city Texas or just like they're in Texas. Austin, okay. Mm-hmm. But but I mean they're they're in kind of like some of the surrounding areas and stuff as well. Um, but there's there's a, there's a kind of like a fundamental aspect of Texas culture and like a lot of Southern culture in the U.S. that is all about this um, toughness. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about it's about not letting, not showing weakness or vulnerability, and it's about being strong and tough, you know, which like historically comes from a lot of like this 
this idea of like people being uh, ranchers and like herding cattle and stuff. And like, it's fucking hard to do that. And this yeah. kind of like cowboy uh, kind of. Uh, well, it's a context uh, in which you actually need to not display any weakness, like basically back way back when, you know, from a foundational. Yeah. Culture. Cause like other people will take your shit. <laughs> if they sense it, right? Yeah. So I mean, careful. it was, it was, it was a, a hard place to live for everybody. The, the, the people who invaded it, the people who were being invaded, mm-hmm. yep. the people who who cultivated farms there after all the wars, um, and and you know it just it wasn't it's never been it's not a comfortable. Peace. Yeah, it's not a place of peace. <laughs> um, and and as a result, you know the the culture there is very much about just bottle things up and you know it, it and like be a man you know that kind of it's like it's like everybody everybody there has toxic masculinity just every yeah. everybody does sorry that's that's the best that's the generalization but like it's an overwhelming cultural <laughs> artifact of like this idea of be tough don't show weakness don't yeah. be well, vulnerable and, and, and like and, we're all steeped in toxic masculinity from the moment of our birth right so like we we've all got it we're all we've all got it, it. it's but all it's, in it there is, it gets there are certain places where it's particularly strong of a of a force. Yeah, and so so what what's been what was kind of interesting about the show was how you know, speaking of like this idea of like twenty twenty you like learn who you are you know and like embrace yourself and your faults and like learn who other people are you know and so many of the of the scenarios in that show this season are are basically where like people's lives and relationships have just absolutely fallen apart. Um, because they refuse to just, you know, look in the mirror and, and like be honest about yeah. how they feel about things. They won't talk to people about how they feel. They won't ask people how they feel. Everybody just carries on being tough while inside everybody's just absolutely wrecked, you know? <laughs> so yep. it's like, bring it out, talk about it. Uh, it's okay. Like, it's good. It's good to do that. So uh, now speaking about being wrecked inside, <laughs> that was a good sequel. Adam, Adam, you you got some kind of age-related story to yeah, tell. I'm getting old. Every every like year or two, there's some new, you know, symptom of of aging that appears. And and I'm not old. You know, I'm 35 or 6, 36-ish. Probably 35. I think it's yeah. 35 right Almost now. 36. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like I'm not I'm not old old, but it is around like old tw- enough to not know how old you are. <laughs> yeah. But it's around 28, right? When things start to like you start to feel things happen, or it's, things are harder than they should be. Like stuff doesn't feel right suddenly, and it just is that way, you know. So every every mm-hmm. like year or two, I've had something that we've talked about in the podcast. So my latest one started yeah. a couple months ago, probably, which is uh, if I get just a little hot, like if I'm next to the oven or just out of the shower or whatever. Uh-huh. Suddenly, full body itch. Just full body, Whoa. intense, horrible itching. So I've always had this a little bit like on my on my, the top of my head specifically, like where I, mm. if I get too hot, like I just get this like sudden wave of itchiness that would kind of like take a little while and go away. But it's become just a literal full body thing. And uh, so I did, I did some Googling <laughs> to figure out what this is, you know, and like, and, mm. and of course, like, Anything can be anything, but the most likely- It's cancer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most likely <laughs> thing, though, is that basically it's like, oh, yeah, because it, it gets worse in winter, like right when you got a shower. Like the list of, of this is exactly this, right? Which is literally just you, your skin is just too dry and your body reacts to it poorly. Mm. But that's a thing that gets a lot worse with age, right? Yeah. Mm. So I passed some threshold where, where now, like if I just get too hot or too dry, I don't get like lotion on quick enough. So if it's sufficiently just like coated in, yeah. in oils and lotions. And yeah, I got to make sure I'm just like coated in stuff. Otherwise, and like, and who boy, like the, when those things hit me, then I would think back to say I'm having shingles and I'm like, I don't know how you survived Dude. that. <laughs> that was because, a whole fucking trip, man. Yeah. Cause he had that for like, it was, it was, it was weeks, it was, definitely. Was it months? It, it was, was a long six time. weeks. Yeah. And where just everything itches all the time. It was on your side, right? It's like, it like had a huge, passion. I mean, yeah, I, have a, I, saw some, I saw some pictures actually on my phone. I was looking for some pictures for something uh, last week and I actually saw a picture. It was a picture of my back. And like, I mean, shingles looks fucking wild. Like, if you go, oh, because right, it actually it, comes with skin stuff, right? There's like a, yeah, there was like, it was a huge red band just across yeah. my back and like low back into kind of the ribs a little bit. And yeah, I mean, it, it both hurt and itched. Just mm-hmm. and you can't deeply, scratch it because deeply. It, yeah. What 
Scratching it will not resolve the itch. Yeah. Yep. It will it will just hurt. In, it's in your nerves. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So so this is because yeah. that means that this is even less bad than that because it didn't hurt. It just itched. But it's, it's one of those like you now the itches are different. It's like the intense like needle poke type where it's like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that kind. Um but I like I can scratch it, it doesn't help, but like it right. Right. Soothes my brain to do something, you know, but there's no rash associated with it. It's just it fucking mm. itchy. And, uh, <laughs> but I was like, each time this has happened, I'm like, if this just like turned on someday and stayed that way, like I don't done. know what I could. I don't. If you know just if you just that. itched everywhere, no, I'd rather forever. have almost anything happen. Almost anything. Yeah. I was like, as it was happening, I was like, could just chop off all my arms. I don't care. Like just <laughs> I want to not have this. It's I will program worst. with my tongue. Yeah, I just, just as long as I don't itch, take off my skin, cover me in yeah. a sheet. You know, I think I don't this is where the whole like uh, I think if you haven't been chronically, if you haven't experienced a like actual chronic illness before, yeah, then it's hard to really understand. You can't understand. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the really, the yeah. really, it's it actually reminds me of you know, Mike Tyson quote: "Like everyone has a plan to get punched in the face." Like <laughs> right, yep. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like you think. You think you uh, you could like visualize or understand what it just means. how you would yeah and how, how you would oh yeah like, like, like I'll, I could cope with it like if I get if I get COVID and like kind of fucks up a little bit like you know it's fine like well I'm sure it'll be fine and it's like you don't understand how how bodily health so directly impacts your uh, your just ability to like think and be a person and be happy you know I mean like yeah if you get this fucking full body itch thing and then like sticks on you for a day oh, yeah. even. I no. would not be able to do anything. I would just be, I would just be like in a, like a panic sensation. I would just be in that and I would be like making, God. Grunt, like I can like, I couldn't even stop making, being like, eh, just like making noise like, like, to vocalize <laughs> yeah, just, how fuck, horrible yeah. it felt. And it, and it lasted like, I don't know, 15 seconds while I'm like slathering lotion on as fast as possible, yep. you know, but like, oh my so God. So I've, I've experienced Ugh. that through a lot of my life, especially as I'm falling asleep. Like if I if I'm overheating going to sleep, mm-hmm. I will get that I will get that that full body. Yeah, I do too. Inch. That's actually a lot of what the, but, the my bed jet has helped with by keeping me from getting too hot under the covers. Yeah, you know? but now it's just kind of happening to you, kind of just like around really? the house. Yeah, <laughs> if I just get a little, just a little, because yeah, and the threshold has yeah. gotten lower. Because like again, it was, it was only the top of my head, and like the threshold had to get pretty high. But now it's like like if it was a few weeks ago. It was like uh, my wife was had some cookies in the oven or something. And so, like, the kitchen was just getting kind of getting hot, but it wasn't even that hot. It was just a little hot. And all of a sudden, like, it was just that time, just the top half of my body. But I was like, ah. And I just like, ripped my shirt off and opened the window. And it's like 40 degrees outside. And the, and the cold air is just like blowing on me. I'm like, oh, thank God. Just, like, oh, it's wild. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But the same is careful. Point, yeah. This, like, this is the kind of stuff where when I was, when I was younger and I had anything bad happen to me, you know, I had a lot of that attitude bodily. Of, like, yeah. Bodily or mentally. Uh, where I had that attitude of like things can be hard, sure, but like you just got to work through it, you know. Right. Yeah, well, and know, uh, yeah. and now having gone through uh, depression and having gone through maybe your current my, stuff, you my current like, stuff, yeah, like fuck yeah. When I was like in the when I got that got so bad that I was like I want surgery immediately. Like that it got mm-hmm. it got that bad where I'd be like cut me open, whatever happens, yeah, happens, whatever you have to do, <laughs> take, take the guts out. I don't even care. Right. Like it got so bad that like I would be sitting there trying to work. Or trying to do anything. And all I could do was notice the horrible mm. sensations that were happening, right? Yeah. And uh, and then now with this full, you know, like this itch thing, right? <laughs> like, uh, it's it's one of those things, like, until you experience it, it's so easy to be flippant about it and just be like, well, you just got to work harder. Oh, you're using that as a crutch. Oh, whatever, right? Like, you take, take that puritanical, yeah. you know, this is a moralistic personal failing that you have by not being able to work through this. There's also, there's an element of, of I think mental defense in in not accepting that certain things that can become uh, entrenched in your life can literally just suck. Period. Yeah. And there's they not can just suck now. There is no silver lining on this particular yeah. thing. And I think that it's very hard, and I think for a good reason to to be able to think that that is a thing. Like you know, what I mean, like you can't. It's almost like a defense mechanism to be like, it can't be that bad because like, if it can be that bad, that's like fucking terrifying. You know what I mean? Like, Well, it's, it's an ooh. admission of, of there's an ego thing wrapped up in this, right? Which is you always say to yourself, like, well, if that happened to me, mm-hmm. I would be able to tough it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not as popular to be like, man, if that happened to me, I'd be fucked. 
<laughs> just just like how everyone else is that yeah. it happens to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, you you want to think that you're exceptional, and like something that that like kind of like you, you tragically see on so many people who treat have been treating COVID as if it's a joke. Yeah, they they get it. They go to the ICU and then they make a post on Facebook, and the the copy pasted phrase that you see on almost every single one of these is. Wow, COVID is no joke, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And they always thought they always thought like somehow that you can tough out yeah, a disease, a, like a respiratory mm-hmm. illness that's it, destroying your. Yeah, lungs. it was presented like, as like that's as not a, a thing you can flex through. No, it's presented know? as like a as a as a moral challenge, right? It's like or as a toughness challenge. As if, yeah, all these people dying, they're just not trying hard enough yeah, to live. As if there's anything <laughs> no. you can do about it. Like it's just either your body's equipped to handle yeah. it or it isn't. And that's well, I think speaking of speaking of I speaking of, let's talk about Omicron. Yeah, uh, I definitely got it. So the Sam last got week it. has been weird. Um, and as far well, as you're like, triple triple vaccinated, triple vax. Uh, oh. You know, both myself and my wife triple vax. We just finished up our holiday stuff, and luckily, I think this happened sort of like in a weird enough timeline where it just didn't. I think we weren't around other people basically while I was actually getting uh, symptomatic with this thing. But what was strange? Where where do you think it came from? One hundred percent from the gym. One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like like you guys are masked up in the gym, and we're masked up. Like most people people are. And like it's because like in in uh, the town we're in, in in. in the Northeast, it is a case of like the vaccination rate's like 96. It's like obscene. Basically, it's everybody, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like Omicron doesn't apparently care too much. Um, so, you know, it kind of like, it'll protect you from being murdered, but uh, not from getting but it. It, it also only takes one person who either isn't fully vaxxed or is immune compromised and fully, va- fully vaxxed, right? That's true. Or whatever. And so, you know, we were really excited to be getting back into the gym and stuff, especially uh, toward the, as the New Year's turning over. It's always a fun thing to kind of revamp those. And then, yeah, so I, but I think I want to talk about the symptom set because it was, it was so weird that I didn't realize, I literally did not realize what was happening until, uh, until like three days ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is like now probably would be like a, almost like a week on. Yeah, cause because I remember when, we, when you first talked about it, you said that you thought it was a cold. Yes. Well, because, but there's two things that was, that were happening simultaneously that I, I wasn't pairing because it, I've never experienced them together. I so, just thought were two independent things. Yes. So, so, you know, I've hurt my back a couple of times, like flinging stuff around. And so I developed, like, I had just like a really weird low back pain that went all the way across, like, sort of like the, just the lowest part of my back. And the thing is like that, you know, one side of that is basically the area where I've hurt before. Um, and so I was like, oh, I guess maybe, you know, to this whole like age thing, it's all a joke, but like you could literally hurt yourself sleeping as you get older. You know, I was like, <laughs> I guess maybe I just like did something weird. Um, it, but it didn't hurt. It was just like, it, it came on very slowly and it was just a really, like a slow, just a, a constant dull ache. It didn't feel quite like the muscle stuff that I've had before, but I was like, I mean, I guess it just must have done something down. So that, that started happening. And then, uh, a few days later, then I got this, like, essentially what felt like a very light cold, like an extremely light cold. Um, not even a headache or anything like that. Just like a little bit of like, you can basically, you can feel that you're sick. That was almost like as far as it went. No coughing. Nothing. Something's off. Something's off. <clears throat> a little stiff, a little and stuffy. Like, yeah. And so like both of these go on then for, I think, probably a day like, I don't know, five or six or something like that. Um, and then I start feeling like way better, just like after, you know, a couple of days. And then that night uh, after showering, I basically couldn't get warm again. Like I, so I have long hair now, right? Which I'm not 100% used to like having to make sure it's dry if the house is cold. Because <laughs> like literally yeah. I get cold. <laughs> um, so hopped out of the shower, got this long hair and got cold. And then could not, could not heat back up. And then Diana ends up packing all these blankets and stuff on me. I start like teeth are chattering. Uh, I got my, got the heating pack on and I'm like, I'm just confused. Cause like literally again, this is the day that I was feeling, I started feeling great that morning. I was like, yeah, oh, that's like just passed. sudden intense fever. And I got a fever then in that <laughs> night of about like yeah. 102. Uh, and that day also the back pain just like literally just disappeared. Was not there was not like easing. It was just literally I woke up, didn't have it anymore, and I was like, okay, so I guess I'm, I'm done with this. No fever hits that night, uh, huge one. It's like a it's like a revolving door of symptoms. Like it's, just just, like, it's been so fucking one thing, weird. and then that's done, and then it's the next thing, and then that's done, and now it's the next. Yeah, thing. Well, that's what I want to talk about because it was like it actually was extremely hard to spot if that makes sense because like I didn't I've. Of course, I've known what the symptoms of, of COVID are in terms of like the coughing and stuff like that. But all the weirder ones, I didn't quite, I wasn't aware like Omicron actually 
uh, people are seeing a lot more of the like the weird low back pain and the nausea. Like there's low back pain and nausea uh, apparently that sometimes people yeah. get. Um, and so I didn't. I like I did not even compute that that was what was probably happening. And then uh, the following night, that I I again I was feeling roughly like started feeling roughly good again by the next evening. And then like went to bed, woke up at 2 a.m. drenched in sweat. Like so so much so that I was like, did I piss myself? As a, <laughs> like literally, I was like, yeah, have I did I piss continent? all over my whole body? Literally, that's what happened. I woke up and I was like, I felt myself and I was like, no way. And then like, you know, I'd be like still kind of asleep. I kind of sort of like smelled my I was like, that's fine. Yeah. And then I felt the rest of my body and I was like, what the fuck? Like did, what someone like doused me, you know? Uh it was just the weirdest thing. And then since then, I think I've actually been on the mend. I think. Mm-hmm. But like just these little weird things keep happening. But now who knows? Like, yeah, because the symptoms kind of like come one at a time sequentially. That's basically what it feels so like. like. It feels like it's hitting like every body system, but in a very like not a coordinated attack, but just a yeah, sort of like, just a, like tickle on each one. Right. Like, can I can I get in here? Can I, get can in I, there? Can yeah. I do yeah. this? Lungs, today's your turn. Low back, we'll fuck you up next. It's like this yeah. sort of weird, yeah. just like and uh and again, like I'm triple vax. Like I couldn't if this thing got to like beat the shit, oh my god. Like, yeah, because you could feel it hit every one of these systems. And it's again, like yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a very light, very light version yeah. of light. Totally Touch. tolerable. But like still fucks you up. It'll fuck you up. <laughs> I would not recommend it. So if you start seeing, the reason I want to talk about this, because like if you start getting that symptom set of just like some weird shit, like if you're feeling off, it's COVID. Right 100%. Now. Yeah. That's I think the that's the most likely explanation. Omicron yeah, appears to be, speaking. you know, infectious enough that if you just, if, you know, if you make eye contact with someone from a, a yep. 300 yard distance, I guess you have it now. So like, yeah, I think even if you just, if you just like hear about someone who got it, you have it now. Oh, fuck. You know? Like it goes through podcasts. If you, yeah, it goes, yeah. If you read a news article about Omicron, uh, you have it now. Uh, it goes through the internet. It goes through. This podcast is now a super spreader event. It's not good. Yeah. You know, all those people talking about the, the 5G stuff. It turns out, yeah, I guess that, I guess there it, it is. was 5G all along. You know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's yeah, going so over the I, radio waves. I, I did want to share that because, you know, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about being careful and stuff. And, yeah, it was literally the case that, you know, with us going back to the gym, that's the most exposure we've gotten in, you know, years. Um, yeah. And, and we knew it when we were going, but we're, we were triple vaxxed and, you know, we live in a very vaccinated area. So we were like, oh, I guess we'll just kind of try to get back to yeah. our stuff and uh, try and, to resume uh, normal life. Yeah. And so I think it's it's easy enough, again, to, to the point earlier, it's easy enough to talk about all this stuff um, and then uh, be very, very quiet when it actually hits you, but I think it's important to be like, here's kind of what actually, here's how it looked and here's how it happened. So uh, definitely just be safe because it's not as you should It's no joke. It's, it's not a fucking joke. It's not a good time. Uh, be as safe yeah, as you can. And, yeah, and of course, like, you want, you want to read that line where like, you want to live your life, you want to be happy, you want to take care of yourself, you want to go eat, you want to go to the gym, you know, you want to do all that stuff. And it, it's also the case, like, be, because you're triple vaxxed, because you're wearing a mask everywhere that you go. Yeah. You know, your immune system is better able to handle it. And also your viral load is going to be lower because like if you were walking around without a mask, you're going to be sucking in a lot more partic- particles mm-hmm. um, and and it's going to be harder for your body to deal with it. Right. And so it's like the point of all these precautions isn't to make you invincible. It's not no. going to make you not get it. It's you're going to reduce get likelihoods and then after that reduce impact. Yeah. Yes. You're going to get it. So you're trying to survive it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Get come, out, and come out is come out fine. Yeah. 100%. Um, so if you haven't gotten yeah. vaccinated, if you're listening to, or haven't gotten your booster yet and you're in the States where you get it, I'm like, for the love Go of God, get like, it. seriously, to get it done because like you don't, Go get you it. just don't want, you don't want chronic stuff. You don't want uh, even just a really bad, uh, uh, episode or something like this. It's just not. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the chronic things coming out of this, like speaking of disability yeah. and all of that is like, this is still, people don't really know for sure yet because you know, chronic means long-term, right? So, so figuring out what that actually looks like takes a long time. Yes. Takes just how chronic, time. permanent how, chronic. Yeah. And like, and what are the, Six what's the suite of things, right? Yeah. But what we, what definitely has been happening is that whole parosmia or whatever it's called, where you lose, lose uh, smell and taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are which some is less who, common. Which this. is less common. There are some people who haven't, who ha- still, who got like COVID in the early days and still haven't got their taste smell back or even worse. There's another form of it that you still can taste, but everything tastes like the most horrible thing you've ever tasted. Right. 
Yeah, and yeah still, it actually like scrambles your your taste sensor neurons. Yeah, like fucks somehow. it all up somehow. So there's there's that, and then there's a sort of brain fogginess of mm-hmm. of difficulty concentrating and, and finding things easy to forget. Um, that's also impacting people, as well as just long term, just like physical. Uh, like ca- capacity, just like, fatigue, just like general fatigue and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and this is it's, it's kind of like the difference between sadness and depression, right? Where mm-hmm. they're not even they're not the same kind of thing. Actually, it's just if you haven't had depression, the closest proximity of a thing you could explain to somebody else is sadness, right? It's a different thing, though. And yeah, so it's like sadness. Fatigue, sadness is like a response, and depression is like a state of being. Yeah, yeah. And, but also it feels different, yeah. and its impact is different, right? Um, and yeah. Chronic fatigue versus fatigue is the same thing. It's not like when you're, you, it's not just like, oh, it's, it's as if I always exercised yesterday, right? That's not what it is. It's like you get up and then you like run out of and breath. That, and that was too hard. That was too yeah, hard. Like, right? yeah, getting up from your bed was like, oh God, I'm done for the day. Yeah. Back to sleep. You know? So, so that's happening, right? And it looks like, like, again, nobody knows for sure, but the, the reported rates as people are starting to put out studies are looking, it's like, it's something like, it's in the tens of percents, as in like something like, like twenty said, or thirty percent of people have some set of long of those, yeah, of like six months or more ongoing symptoms. That doesn't mean they're all debilitating, but that means that six months later, one of these shitty experiences that you had, you're still having, right, to some extent. So, yeah, yeah. So, so protect yourself yeah. as much as you can. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Don't don't play around with it. So, not fun. Be safe. Be safe. Twenty twenty two. Off to a start. Definitely off to a start. It's off to a start. Uh, All right. Now let's go into questions. So these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Highest upvoted question comes from Beaky Bapa Boop, who says, Exoc or EX, okay, I don't know what this, how how you say it, but it's the studio behind Celeste. Oh, cool. EXOK is. That sounds uh, completely unfamiliar. That's interesting. Yeah. Right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they didn't really brand their studio onto the game super aggressively. Yeah, it's just Celeste. So that makes sense. Mm. Uh, recent, they recently published a blog post uh, talking about how their studio has flattened and no longer really has a director. Uh, from what we've talked about in the podcast, it seems as if the opposite has happened to our mm. team. What are our thoughts about that? Interesting. Uh, actually, I think it's not so much the opposite because because the question is what is the hierarchy responsible for right mm-hmm. so in the case of what we're doing it's not the ceo as in the case like the ceo makes the plans implements things tells everybody else what to do but it's not that it's it's we need somebody who's in charge of just like making sure we know what's going on and that the business relationships that we need to have are happening and that if there's a question of what should be going on right now? What should the priorities be? Somebody, somebody just knows enough of the full picture that they can help to get the whole system oriented, right? Yeah, and so, actually, it's not—it's not really hierarchical no, in our not. case. It yep. is actually more of a just a, a shift in the division of labor, right? Yeah. Which is previously we had three people doing business dealings, marketing, and like relationship building and business planning. Yeah. Right. And nobody who definitely just kind of had a big picture knowing what the whole, but everybody in the studio was up to and why and all of that. Yeah. And it's basically like, okay, all these things are interrelated, but require a lot of knowledge, which also meant that anytime any one of us needed to work on one of those things, we had to rope in at least one other person, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, To get the full picture, right? And it's like, what if one person had the full picture and could do this stuff, you know, more in a more streamlined way with less task switching? Yeah. And had the Um, explicit expectation that that stuff was a priority so that if there were other things they're also supposed to be doing, Everybody would know that that stuff has to take a back burner when those higher priority things are happening. So that's not just somebody who's yep. like, oh, just give this person more work to do, right? It's like, so no, we change the priority right. of the kinds of work. I'd say it's sort of like uh, the job of, of CEO is not is not one of uh, becoming the the person who makes all of the all of the decisions about. It's basically your job ends up being the shepherding job of the decisions that have actually been made actually on a more collective basis, largely. Yeah. Um, as far as like, you know, oh, we're going to go try strategically to do this thing, whatever else. And so I think when you talk about like, uh, you know, they flattened out, they don't have a director, they can really look at, it can actually look basically the same, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. the reality is that uh, we don't, like as far as where change comes from, like typically that's what people, people refer to a flat organization. You have to ask like, what what are you saying by that? Because it's, it's not yeah. necessarily 
depth of org chart is typically what people mean by that. But really, yeah. I think functionally, what you're actually saying is that is that change to strategy, change to product, change to uh, a wide variety of things can come from a wide variety of locations. They're not enforced at certain like quote unquote tiers of the job. Yeah, or or even just like. Whatever you're doing right now, where did that come from? Did it come from you? Did it come from the people around you? Did it come from the people like beneath you in the org chart, mm-hmm. or did it cut, or does it, or did it come from above on the org chart? Right. And do and you if, have do you have the ability to decide how something is going is. to get done, or yeah. which parts are important, or do you have the ability to to understand how that thing fits into a bigger picture? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. knowing that, do you then have like the trust invested in you to make execute autonomous decisions and execute according to what you think makes the most sense? It doesn't mean by yourself without input, but it just means that ultimately you're the one responsible, not somebody who's in an org chart above you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this kind of makes me think of mm-hmm. this makes me think of how up and like for the most part, governments have historically been dictatorships. Yes. Correct. With a with a chain of command where someone at the top is supposed to be making decisions, and uh, that person is detached from the the actions that their decisions require. Right. So, mm-hmm. if Congress says we're going to war, no, we're not going to war. What they mean is we're going to send other some people, other people yeah. to war. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Other people are going to do that. Um, no, if wars were arena fights between the people sending people to war, it'd be a very different. Yeah, if Congress said we're going to war, then if it was our Congress going to war against another nation's Congress, <laughs> then it's like, hey, you guys wanted to do that, so I guess you yeah, go, go ahead and you, that's leave what the you rest of us to out. Do. I'm not involved in this. Get out yeah. of my business, right? Um, and so, in a weird way, like I, f- I feel that that companies, like all, all, a lot of the management philosophy about how companies operate, it assumes that a dictatorship is just the way that you structure yeah. a company. It's, it's right? authoritarianist. It's an authoritarian regime. Is there is a there's a board which is basically your sort of like your parliament, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got your CEO who answers, or like to your the board, Illuminati sort you know? of, because like it's a shadowy, yeah, hidden. Yeah. They're the ones know. who are like they're in the they're in the back. They're sort of like making strategic decisions about how things mm-hmm. are going to go. And then you got your front man who's basically uh, the one you know actually visibly running the show, which is your yeah. CEO. And in this and in this just absolute fucking bizarre sort of twilight zone thing. You have a company that is 100% comprised of employees. Everybody in the company mm-hmm. is employed by the company and the company mistreats the employees even though it it's made employees. of employees. <laughs> right? It's, right? Yeah, it's sort of like a self-hatred. So you know? so it's very much yeah, it's very much like, you know, the idea of like an oppressive an oppressive dictatorship, you know, mm-hmm. uh destroying its own people when like the country is the people and the people in the dictatorship are also people in the country. Like it's all, everybody's people here. Yeah. Yeah. And the people who are doing the things to the other people are also just people. Everyone's people. Right. And, and so, so we've, we're, we're actually kind of landed in this very odd state where actually most of us are operating quite autonomously Yes. On self-directed projects that we came up with as something that we thought would be really beneficial for the studio based on a problem that we individually identified. And then we bring that to the rest of the team and we say, hey, I want to do this thing. Here's what I think it would look like and here's how long I think it would take. What and do you guys think? And here's how it fits into the big picture. Right? Yeah, here's here's how this fits, right? And so it's it's not even flat. It's like bottom up. It's Almost, more, it's more of a. It's I think I would say it's more collective with uh with basically guidance more or less. You know, because it's not the case that people can do whatever just like whatever they want. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. there's still yeah. at the end of the day, we're still the three of us are very much still guiding things where we end up believing they want to go. It's just that it's not purely based on just where we think things should go. It's like, you know, it has been the case that like sure, for example, has suggested things that have completely changed the direction of the company for like, you know, three months, at, three months at a time. Like everybody's projects for like three to four months. Yeah. Like that. And it's been awesome. Um, he's not the CEO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But know? he was like, Hey, and, and he, and he changes. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, he changes the direction of the studio for several months, and then we all come out better on, at the end of it because it was a good idea. <laughs> um, and, the, because, well, and the idea for this is really straightforward too, right? Which is that whatever problems that you have, the people who are the most aware of them are the people who are confronted by them, right? Which is the mm-hmm. people doing the work related to that problem. The people who are best equipped to know the impact of that problem are those same people. People who are best equipped to solve that problem are those same people, right? It's the people who are doing the thing that actually have the capability to manage that thing and improve it. And so it doesn't make sense for me to come in and say, like, okay, so my role is to figure out what could be better here. Right. Yeah, because you don't you don't know. Yeah, and it's also not my job know. to dictate yeah. how this yeah. work happens because I don't know the best way to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this has been the thing I've been explicitly trying to do with uh, our other employees is to say basically, look, I could just tell you to do a thing, but if I do that, it's going to be a worse thing. Yeah, you say if I do that, you can I'm figure wrong. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it's, tell me what you need to be yeah, doing make, based on what you can case. see. Exactly. Yeah. Make a case for them, not because you need to like defend the defend to the death this thing that you think is really important yeah. that I'm going to fight you on, right? But no, it's just I, I need to have enough information for you just to explain like why, how does it fit in the big picture, so that I can help with the big picture part when it comes to yes. some individual component of the. Of the I think I think that's that's probably the best way to think about it. It's, it's like there's there's a collective understanding of the big picture, and then a lot of that is held by the three of us in terms of like, or in the enforcement of that is held by the three of us in terms of being like, okay, this this particular blend of this idea you're presenting maybe doesn't quite match what we're trying to do, but I see what you're, I see what you're after. Uh, and I actually do think it's valuable based on what we're trying to do, this particular aspect of it. So what if we did blah? So it becomes a conversation about, about how those ideas about uh, increasing value or whatever else tie into that, which is always just a conversation basically then about, about yeah. what the goals of the studio are, how they match up with the thing you're trying to do or that you believe needs to be done, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so that's where I think that the challenge is when you say like, oh yeah, we don't have a director anymore. Um, it's flat now. You know, there's also because like there's plenty of organizations that, that claim to be flat, uh, like flat, flat, mm-hmm. where there's not like supposedly not decision-making happening. There's not even roles, you know? Yeah, it's just people. Yeah, which like, I know Valve has actually gotten quite a bit of shit for as far as like... Uh, well, I think it's like infinite PTO, right? Which is like... Correct. On on paper, <laughs> conceptually, like infinite PTO, yeah, it's fucking great, right? In practice, though, it means that nobody has the same concept of expectations, and like what yes. what other people yeah. think is fair or unfair or appropriate or inappropriate, right? And I think a flat hierarchy is the same deal, which is it can't be flat for the sake of flatness because there's too much nuance there, and, and, and nobody knows yes. what that means because the in the end, like as there needs to be an alignment of the whole team towards something. Yes. And the things that are required to then make that thing happen, somebody needs to be responsible for each of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And if collectively the group has a system to accomplish that, then you don't need somebody who's in charge to accomplish that as long mm-hmm. as there's some system in place that makes it so that right. a meeting meetings happen regularly enough to make sure everyone's aligned and agrees on the goals or whatever, right? I've got it. Hmm. What you got? I've got it. Our organizational schema is a Mobius strip. Okay, because we're all connected and we're all on the same side. <laughs> right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's a Mobius. So and it's you know, flat. It's a flat thing, but it's, it's also flat, flat in this but it's really also, weird way. It's also circular. With a twist. With a twist. And there's and you know, sometimes sometimes you come across that twist and you and you don't realize that that what looks like is on the other side of that twist is actually on the same side that you're on. You know? Yeah, yeah it's but like it's it really like all is uh, just the same side. Sick. It's like how topologically people are tubes where your insides, like when you, you, know, you open your mouth and you can like follow the hole all the way down out the other side. Uh-huh. Right? Yep, yep, so yep. I'm, I'm tracking you so that, far. So that's sure where you're stuff, going. All that stuff in there is your outsides. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're all outside. It's all the same interface, right? And like, and the reason all that stuff is in there, it's like, it's not like the stuff, the food stuff that's in your guts. That's not in you. It's on you. you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> Because yeah, we're also all just, just weird Mobius strips. Of, it's all of just flesh. different. Yeah, it's something that looks like it's oppositional. <laughs> Wait, you or on the other all, side, we're all Mobius flesh strips. Is that yeah? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's but it's but it. it's basically recognizing that that like Adam was saying that if you come in from the top down, you know, 
and you say like, I, even though I don't touch your day-to-day work and I don't actually ex- directly experience the problems that you're experiencing, I'm going to dictate what your next moves are, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you're going to be wrong. You're going to create problems, right? Yeah. And it has to, and, the, the level of alignment yeah. and like goal and like setting of what the, the things that you're trying to achieve are. Like that's the thing that can happen at higher levels as a, as a problem gets bigger, as it becomes yeah. a collection of problems, then you need at any given scale of that, there has to be somebody who is positioned to have the full picture of all of whatever that is, right? Yeah. And and that's like, that's what an organization should do as it grows. And like, that's what the hierarchy should be is not, here's the person like who, like the manager. The person who is- the person dictates what's dic- going to happen. Yeah, dictates the deals. Mm-hmm. No, it's like that's you the think person about that. who knows what's happening and also knows what the broader goals are so that yeah. other people don't have to know all the details of the broader goal. They just need to have a big enough picture, right, that they can Yeah, do. I would say yep. generally, even when we have things that are almost more more us saying like, hey, there's this thing that we're going to do. Like, here's how we're going to do it. It's, I think there's there's always a frame of uh, of a conversation being had instead of it being sort of like an end of the, yeah. I mean, it's not well, a full it's, fra- it's framed as, here's what we want to do. Let's talk about that, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, I think here's, why we, here's why we think it's a good idea. But again, this is about create the Mobius strip, right? Which is like, you have to get everybody on the same side mm-hmm. and you have to recognize that everything that you do is connected to everything yes. else that's happening. And you, and you can't just, you can't just barge in and just de- like demand that something happen. Mm-hmm. Cause you're going to end up in a bad spot, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's, I don't know. And I don't know as far as like organizational schemas go, if there is something scalable about what we're doing, you know, like I have no idea. All I know well, is like, I mean, this is how are, we're doing it right this now. This is actually but. a strategy that people take in, in creative psychologically safe organizations, right? Where, mm-hmm. where it's all team oriented stuff. Yes. Because that's because that's really what it is. Is it's like it's about alignment, and then about letting individuals uh, work out how stuff needs to happen, or small teams, right? People groups that are small enough that they can collaboratively do to, like solve the actual problem at hand. And then what the organizational structure otherwise is doing is is putting the right size of a problem in the right place, mm-hmm. right? With the with the team who is equipped to then autonomously go deal with that problem. Right. And like that's what that's what it is, but it's it's a, it's about creating large amounts of of autonomy with then different hierarchical layers of problem solving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on scale of problem. Yeah, but it shouldn't be just about like this person's in charge of all things. Yeah, uh, and everything that they say goes. So get on board or get out. Yeah, and um, I think of I think of it a lot as uh, as resource allocation too, right? Because it's like figuring out what. We're trying to do in collaboration with people who are also positioned to know enough about the big picture to be able to contribute to that discussion meaningfully, right? And uh, and so it's like it's figuring that out, and then figuring out like, do we have? Do the teams have what they need to do this, right? What is the order of operations, big picture that have to happen to accomplish these like longer term things in particular? Mm-hmm. Like what? Just what has to happen? And do we have what we need? And what do we need to be preparing for? What do we need to be do we need to scale up? Is there something on the horizon that's going to nuke us? Right, which which we also want to hear yeah. about from everybody else too, because because everybody else has additional information. Yeah, but it's then trying to use that to say like, okay, let me make sure that there's as a collective group everything that we're going to need to accomplish what we say we're trying to accomplish. There's a there's a high level plan for that, right? There's a there's a high level plan for making that happen. Yeah, um, which isn't yeah, it's not about hierarchy. It's about knowledge. You know, oh, I think it's about it's just, it's just a different, just a different right? job. Yeah, it's, it's about yeah. abstraction, which is basically like the the cognitive load on any one person. There's a maximum amount of stuff you can be thinking about, right? Yeah. And so you, it's extremely challenging, even in a very small organization with like one goal, like one product, to be a person who's like down in the weeds, like programming the details of like a some network infrastructure or whatever, right? And simultaneously know what the whole company is trying to do, right? And and what everybody's and doing. what the whole company's yeah. problems are. Like <laughs> like you can't you can't do that. It's not scalable. Um, yeah. So it's all true. about the level of abstraction and making sure that the the team involved with that 
with any given level of abstraction. There's a team basically there to make sure that there's no cognitive load that goes over capacity for any one person mm -hmm. or team. Um, right. And that's how it all has to get distributed. That makes sense. So it's really about problem complexity. Yeah. Is, does the organization set up to mimic the problem, right? Like just like fit neatly on top of it. Um, so that cognitive load yeah. doesn't go too high. Which this is what the book Team Topologies is about, which we yeah. can't get into because we're out of time. But, you know, crack Check that open and may maybe we'll hit it next time. Yep. Uh, so that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.